Welcome to episode 195 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me throwing decorum and mutual respect to the wind as I slowly morph into my final shitposting form on Twitter, at S-E-A-T-J-K. And with me tonight, as usual, is Chris. Where can we find you getting really into the Aston Villa season, Chris? You can find me at CD Villasenor. And it's actually going okay, so, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, better than being a Seahawks fan, I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's in the stupidest things ever said. We'll get a chance. All right. All right. It's but not yes. built into the show, but we'll get a chance. I'm, it's, it's, you know, it's fine. So that's what, you know, that's, that's, that's the best I could, that's the, that's the highest compliment I can pay. Yeah. I don't want to talk about soccer. I'm, <laughs> I'm in a bad place with Barcelona <laughs> and Messi winning another. Ballon d'Or. <laughs> Ballon d'Or. Well, it's the tried and true formula this week, folks, and it's a great one. For pop culture, we've got a new Hawkeye show, a new Spidey movie, and everyone's favorite guy dating above his weight, Tom Holland, just signed on for three more movies. Plus, we'll talk about the most popular heroes and maybe villains around the world. For life strategies, it's hard to have help in the kitchen, so we'll see if we can sign you up to be sous chef without being an asshole about it. And finally... For existentialism, we're going to look at the bright side of life using data-driven analysis, of course. Beyond the buzzer, it's back to the stupidest things ever said. Before we head to the OT for November's, who knew? I meant to make it drop, and then I just fell into it. (laughs) Did you like that? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to that... I have to ask you, have you ever been too comfortable, Chris? <laughs> my whole life is too comfortable. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is my whole goal in life is to be too comfortable. This is, you know, I just, and, and all parts of it. Like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's too comfortable. It's, it's good. I like I like being too comfortable. So I went to the, the college football game this last weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're familiar with the... the the Norwegian saying, "There's, there's no bad weather. There's only, only bad clothes, right? Only bad clothing choices." <laughs> okay, you're familiar with this, I'm yes? Sorry. I'm, I'm uh-huh. sure. Yeah. And I realized while we're at the football game that it's cold, it's windy, it's raining a little bit. And I was unbothered, and that bothered me that I was unbothered <laughs> because it meant that I no longer had any tweaking available to me. I could no longer find another ideal layer or coat or hat or some other kind of fleece type situation gloves whatever it is so i mean you're dialed which is what you what don't we aspire to this don't we aspire to be dialed i don't think i actually want to get there (laughs) i think it's the it's the journey the dialing in is the fun part you want to like buy a bunch of different shit and then like (laughs) spend a bunch of money on stuff that doesn't work and be like this does crapola and then like can't return it or do anything with it so it just goes into a box or it's not so much that i want to have the waste because i definitely don't want but what i want to do is be like i want opportunities to improve yeah well opportunities improvement just turn into waste that's just how this works (laughs) so you can't you can't make hundred percent steps toward improvement. You always have to gamble slightly. Like you read something about something and you say, you know what? That would be better than what I have. And you get it. And you're like, this is not better than what I have. And then you have to throw it away or give it away or do something with it. Yeah. But that's just how it goes. But, but I understand your need to like, 
I understand your need to look at things and go, ooh, that might be better than what I have, which is yeah. great, which is, a, which is a great feeling in the world to think, you know, I could spend a little more on this and it might be better than what I have. Or you well, could I don't just... want, that's the thing is I don't want to spend, I, I want to, but it's, it's the aspiration part. It's like, <laughs> I don't actually want to spend the money. It's, it's the, the, there is something <laughs> yes, to work you toward. <laughs> no, you're, you're making it materialistic and it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, no, right. it's not like I just want to have a bunch of shit. I like I, having I, good stuff. I like having good stuff that I like. Right, but I only want to have one is what I'm saying. <laughs> like I don't want to have like a plethora. Right. Right. And that's the problem is that, like once you've landed on it. Mm-hmm. That's you don't now. Well, now I've I've achieved the goal, and I'm I'm upset that I can't continue to try stuff out to see if it's better. Yeah, but you know what the the the, the plus side here is at some point you'll take your favorite thing that works perfectly and it'll wear out. Oh and then no! You'll, that and, is then, the... and then you'll go to buy it again, and it'll be long gone into the wind, and you'll be like, "Why the hell did they stop making this? It was perfect. It was the best thing they ever made, and now I can't get it again." And I've been there many, many times, and you, you go right back down to the bottom of the mountain and start yeah. climbing back up. Because it's true. Because you know, you find those perfect pants, like buy seven pair. <laughs> I, all, all. I may have done something similar to that recently. I mean, sometimes you just have to just you have to understand like these are terrific. Let me just. Get, I just need to keep gaining me. weight, and then I'll have to replace all. The <laughs> <laughs> but yes, at some point you'll get somewhere you'll be like God, or something like you'll you'll tear your jacket or something stupid, and you'll be oh, like you'll be like oh I no. need another one of these, and then like they don't make them anymore. Sorry. Like, yeah, I'll tell you what. When when if and it's going to be years, but whenever these Nike Lunar Force One boots that i wear mm-hmm. when it's cold whenever they wear out mm-hmm. my life is going to be forever like irreversibly changed i mean then that's how it goes that's just how life works can't do it <laughs> it's a conund- can't go back it's a conundrum all right let's do the show all right in segment one um well we're about to have a new spider-man movie mm-hmm. um tom holland just signed on for three more movies Sounds He's good. The, the youngest looking 25 year old. Back that money truck up to the Holland house because it's about ready to make a deposit. He said he wants to be done by the time he's 30. I think he just wants to shoot them all and be done. <laughs> okay. Fire, let's fire it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm totally down with that. I mean, he's got a good thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. You know, there's so many actors who would be like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be pigeonholed into this Spidey thing. <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. like, no, I'm going to make a bunch of money. I'm the, I'm absolutely the pinnacle of the Marvel universe and I might as well just enjoy it. So good for him. It makes me wonder. It's like the, it's like the kind of the Daniel Radcliffe corollary. Like, do you think Dan Radcliffe had the acting career he sought out to have? Probably not. Probably not. And, but it's different because they were following a thing. Like, Tom Holland is going to the Spider-Man thing. They might come up with something like really cool. True. They could but, make it cool. But if you're Daniel Radcliffe, you signed on as like a 10-year-old to be Harry Potter. You knew this was going. So you knew exactly the way this was going. Basically, they're just reciting the books, which is kind of a shitty acting job, let's be honest. A little bit, yeah. I mean, he made he, you know, he made a lot of money. He's obviously world-renowned, but he didn't do anything (laughs) well it's like it's right it's like without harry potter he probably doesn't end up um manipulating a horse on stage (laughs) right like those things are directly connected sure and i've we've strayed a little bit of far field here but do you like the tom holland spider-man i love him i think he's a i think he's i think he's perfectly cast and i and 
thank God that they didn't have to tell me the Spider-Man Uncle Ben origin again. Like, yes. I'm glad they just sort of moved past it. It was like, you know what? Here's Spider-Man. <laughs> I was like, oh, yay. I was like, okay, good. Here he is. We don't have to worry about all this other stuff. That we have, we don't have to rehash his origins all over again, and blah, 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 blah. So I think he got a better he got a better jump into this than yeah. than the other than the other two Spider Men, Spider Man. Well, why? It's not his last name. His name's not Phil Spiderman. <laughs> um, why do you think that it is that? I mean, not why, but like. It's true, but why, why? I guess why do comic book creators feel like the, that heroes need tragic motivation? Like, I mean, I think that the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies work in part because it's how most of us would behave if we were teenagers who got powers, right? You were gonna, you're, you don't need your uncle to die in some tragic accident because you were off, I don't know, wrestling. Right. You would just go do stuff, right? I mean, I, I, you, it's sort of, um, what's the, what's the, the found footage movie, uh, Chronicle, right? Uh-huh. With Dane DeHaan. Right, right, right. That's another movie of that, of that ilk that sort of makes sense to me. And I think that's why the Tom Holland movies resonate. I, I, how do you feel about that? Yeah. No, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, but the, uh, you know, but it's having, having a tough childhood makes for a more interesting hero. They all is it, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the that's the, you know, every every sort of hero story needs a jumping off point, and the jumping off point can't be just, hey, look, I got powers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it it has to affect your life in some way to put you on a certain track to either be a villain or be a hero in the in the comic book universe. Perhaps, but to call back to our, our, our previous segment where we talked about being um, privileged and um, incompetent. <laughs> yes. I think there's something there also. Well, we have that hero. His name's Booster Gold. <laughs> he's, 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 he's a guy who just got powers and just like, and you see how they write him. It's hilarious. It's, but it's, it, but it's, I mean, you, you can, you can come at it that way, but it, but it lacks a certain gravitas, right? It's better that Superman is alone like he's the last of the last of his kind, or it's nice that, you know, that Peter Parker was all about himself until his actions got his uncle killed. And then he figured out, then he like decided I need to do something. You know what I mean? These are, I mean, these are, these are, I mean, from a character standpoint, it's a nice, it's nice to turn somebody around and just say, you know, you know, now you're, now you, now, now it means something else. And what Spider-Man stories do you have any favorites that you hope that they like tap into? I don't know. No, not at all. Actually. I think that, I think that we're, I think we're good to, I mean the, the Marvel universe, the Marvel movie universe is in such a, in, in my mind, such good shape that you can mm-hmm. just make him, you know, just write him a good story. Just tell me a good story. I don't need you to rehash any Spider-Man history for me. I mean, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing good that can come of it. So to shift gears a little bit, that's but that's what they are doing with Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye is a sort of a not not a retelling, not a straight retelling, but an inspired by um, series of by, by a series of books uh, by Matt Fraction, and and I've really enjoyed. Have you watched Hawkeye yet? Uh, yeah, I'm watching it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so we won't get into detail. Sure. I just want to know, like, 
um, I, I'm kind of surprised and shocked that I care or that I'm enjoying it because I don't really like Jeremy Renner, right. the person, uh-huh. right? No, I and I don't really care about Hawkeye. And yet, the what they're doing with um, with the show by making him super relatable because he is just the dude, mm-hmm. uh, and they tap into that really early. It's very, it's been very. Um, quite different in tone from like Loki and some of the other shows previously, but uh, more kind of like the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, what I like that they're doing with these, with the, with their Disney plus series is they're just doing a little something different. They're, you know, they get, they get the opportunity to tell you a story over six or eight episodes. I think this one's six episodes. So they're going to, you know, they're going to tell not enough. It's not going to be enough, <laughs> but you know, they're going to launch something else out of it and it's going to be fine and it's going to be great. I mean, I like Haley Steinfeld. I think she's doing it. I think she's, she's, she's game to do this, mm-hmm. which is, which is all you can expect from anyone in a superhero movie, right? That they're, they're up for playing the, playing the, playing the role. Yeah. I mean, I really liked the Bumblebee movie that she made. Yeah. That's the best Transformers movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not clanky as hell. That's why it's yes. the best. <laughs> it's kind of clanky, but not clanky like super duper clanky well i just whatever i don't want to go on this tangent but michael bay seemed to lose the fact that we need a human avatar like you can't just be <laughs> just be that's why the cartoon works right. like i mean yeah i hate spike in the cartoon but i he has to be there i, <laughs> right. I have to care but yes i did i did um i did just request uh, from the public library uh, hawkeye my life is a weapon my my life is a weapon which is what this part of this anyways based on so uh, i'll be interested in reading that i think it should be good and uh but like you said it's it's the series and i think all the series have been successful for me i think wandavision's really good i think i thought loki was really good and i think mm-hmm. this is really good so falcon and winter soldier Fal- falcon falcon winter soldier might be the least enjoyable of the of it, them but it's a little more standard great parts no it was just it was totally all over the place no. The the ending was weird. Yeah. The action was weird. Like the physics of the jetpack and the truck. We talked about yes. this. Like yeah. it just it came apart at certain. This, right. The seams were showing on that one. Yeah, but they maybe um, they were te- maybe they were learning something. We we have to sort of give them some credit for like bouncing back though and like I guess some... just make an action series. I, I, you've ever watched Strike Back? Just watch. <laughs> just do that. Those guys don't like each other either. I love Strike Back. It's awesome. Strike Back is <laughs> Strike great. Anyway, um, but yeah, so yeah, so Tom Holland, do your thing, and then and then somebody else will be Spider Man. It'll be fine, and then you will get a we'll get a real Miles Morales, and and um and they'll pass it they'll pass it along, and it'll be it'll be great. Yeah, does that mean we're gonna have to get Squirrel Girl? Squirrel Girl also. <laughs> There are a lot of weird dudes out there hoping for a squirrel girl. Uh, oh my god, I know a squirrel girl. Series. You go, you can find. They did like some screen tests, <laughs> oh the Young Avengers, and it's the AT and T. It's Milana Vaynerchuk. Uh, okay, in the squirrel oh. girl costume. Oh my, there's people on the internet that are very excited about these. <laughs> oh, comic AT and T Lily with a squirrel tail oh, and ears. Comic book guys will never. They yeah. never disappoint, do they? No, I didn't leave us nearly enough time to even get into this, but I also brought a map of all the, the uh, this is not just Marvel. This is all heroes um, around the world. Most popular. First of all, I, I need uh, to, first of all, I need to see their, their, their process on this. Cause I'm not really sure how they, how they, how they came up with this stuff, but. So generally the way these work, and I'm, I have no idea if this is the case here, but generally the way these kinds of things work is it's Facebook based. Mm. Okay. 
It's about like it's it's an aggregate of posts by geography. Right. And does what stands out to you? That 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 India's favorite hero is Wanda? Like are we sure <laughs> that a billion people in out of all a uh, billion people in India that their favorite hero is Wanda? I don't know, maybe it's a costume <laughs> I thing. I, I'm, uh, that would that would threw me. I thought there would be um, a little born Batman on here. He's represented, but he's just there's not that much. There's a lot of Spider-Man, a lot. a lot. People, people. I guess maybe social media users love Spider-Man, but I, it's hard to not it's hard to not say Batman is the most popular superhero in all of comics. It's hard. I would be hard pressed to believe that that's not true. The Brazilians, they like Hulk. Do you think that's a, is that a football thing? because <laughs> yes, wasn't there a player on their team that was Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were confused by the survey. Maybe they're like, who's your favorite Hulk? Oh, Hulk is here. Let's, let's put him on there. I don't see run. I don't see run Haldo. So I'll put, I'll put Hulk on there. Do we dare bring up the fact that Canada's favorite superhero is Captain it's America? <laughs> Australia. Also, you're in the Commonwealth. You're like, I think you're secretly jealous. This is my, my theory is that you like, God damn, those Americans, they got out. Boy, uh, that is. You, I mean, they've ruined it now, but it was sure was great <laughs> when they got out. You're, you're stirring a pot now. Look, man, I'm just reading the, the data. Uh, yeah, you're, stir- the data you're says, stirring a pot with our listeners and some specific ones in particular. I, hey, it's just I it's the, the map says Captain America. <laughs> Australia says Captain America. What do you want me to do? And Russia loves them some Wonder Woman. That's like that's the costume again. <laughs> and also, I mean, can I point out that Germany likes Captain America? <laughs> Germany's on board with fuck them Nazis. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they really like Hydra, except they don't. They they, they can't they can't fi- they don't find themselves. Let's go wait, let's go let me go hang on. Let's go to the Oh, see, I went to the villains map and it's not like it's not Red Skull. Shouldn't Red Skull <laughs> be the favorite villain of Germany? Probably yeah. in Canada. Do you want to spend a minute on this this villain's no, map? But Canada, okay. Canada, obviously the most popular, the most popular hero in Canada's Wolverine. Let's be clear that he's he should he be is Canada's superhero. So yeah, whatever. Put Captain America's shield on on Canada. I'm not buying. <laughs> well, the villain's map. We the only thing that concerned me, and it didn't obviously not surprising at all. But uh, that. That the Joker is the most popular villain in the United States. Well, that's that sounds about right. Yeah, we're all we're all living that. So yeah, it sucks. It's not really. It it's sucks. Right. Hey, Joker enthusiasts, right. fucking stop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just quit it. Yeah. Can we can we start like maybe an authoritarian, uh, more of an authoritarian um, type of uh, villain would be better if we people idolize that. At least it, at least it would come with some order. <laughs> at least it would come with some, you know, if you were Thanos, if we were Thanos fans, like, I don't know, Canada, <laughs> at least there was some law. At least Thanos had an ethos. At least he had like a, you know, at least he's like, you got to respect a man with a right. code. He had a code. It was, yeah, it wasn't personal. It for wasn't him. personal for him. And he said as much. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he might be right. So <laughs> that being said, Joker having having the Joker as the America as, as America's favorite villain is a big pain in the ass. I agree. I don't think we need the pro authoritarian thing. That's the whole th- thing that's messed up about the entire problem that we've got here. We've got 
Joker brain listen, maniacs who want to have a king. Listen, I, I, here, here's the thing. Would you rather have the chaotic, the lawful evil person trying to rule your your life, or the chaotic evil person trying to rule your life? At least you can mildly predict what lawful evil guy is going to do. You would have voted for Lex Luthor. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. God. Segment number two. All right, in segment two, uh, did you have any family over Thanksgiving? I did. My wife's family was in town. Mm, Always a a treat. (laughs) (laughs) We get along. I've mentioned it before on the show. We absolutely get along. I'm fine with it. My wife's family does come in with some tension that just Mm. sort of, that is, that is sort of, it's sort of like, again, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like Voltron. Like each of the lions is fine, but when they come together, like it mm. becomes like family stress Voltron. <laughs> Does that make you the Ruby? Who is very popular? Who is very powerful? Like you know what I mean? I see what you mean. Yes. So it's like if we can keep them apart, the tension is sort of fine. But then they get them together. So you you just got to make sure that they never pull out the yeah, sword. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> so you are you're I'm the Robeast. Beast, but I'm like the Robeast that would rather like go outside. Mm. I'm not the Robies who wants to destroy your city or your planet. I'm the Robies who just wants to be left alone. <laughs> they don't have those in Voltron, but I'm, that's who I am. You should go outside and smoke a joint Dude. and then just make a deal with it. They're like, what, do you, what, ha- what did you do? Did you smoke yeah. it? What in are the you, world? Shut up. smoking cigarettes? I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, I could deal with this. Reefers. <laughs> did you have any help in the kitchen? So, um... No, I again. There's like, and so should we just get into this? Because I'll we'll just jump in on the after. Let's tell let's let's tell the story. You want to talk about that? You want to do the am I the let's asshole? Let's do first? the am I the asshole first? Because okay. this is all right. I was I was trying to. Tee I know it up you were, but I think I think okay. it, it make my my response would make more sense if we understood the the uh, the main subject of this segment. Sounds good. All right, so we have an am I the asshole here, and this is this is, ties into my experience, which is what is what which is where I was going. We'll come back to it, but. Um, the question is, am I the asshole for asking my wife not to cook for me anymore? And I'm just going to read it. Make right. it quick. It's not that long. My 30-year-old male wife, 26 female, is a disaster in the kitchen. She leaves a huge mess behind after she's done with cooking. She uses a zillion utensils even to make a coffee. Don't ask me how. It's an unsolved mystery. All right. He's bringing a prick right okay. off the bat. Just to be yeah. clear. Today, she said she learned this new recipe from her mom and went to the kitchen to prepare it. When she was done, it turned out to be vodka pasta. It tasted horrible because she added an entire bottle of vodka. She also put too much salt, and it ended up tasting like salt with pasta on the side rather than pasta seasoned with salt. So I told her to make whatever she wants only for herself and never for me and also to clean up the kitchen after she's done cooking. To add, I've always cooked for us, ever since we got married. I don't even mind cooking for her. She has no reason to cook for both of us. She says she wants to learn to cook. So I told her to make herself food, and I'll taste a bit and tell her what she could be better. I work as a chef at a restaurant and I work nearly 12 hours a day. So I have just enough time to get as much work done as possible at home and then go to sleep. When my wife cooks, the food turns out to be inedible and it ends up in the trash. Then I have to clean up, cook again, and then clean up once again. So it's so much work for me. She refuses to go to a cooking class too. I don't have time to teach her. She boiled the pasta and vodka and water. Then she made the sauce with more vodka. Her logic was that since vodka is one of the important ingredients, adding more of it would make it taste better than the given recipe. She didn't realize that vodka makes food bitter when added in large quantities. <laughs> now, I just read the edits in there, too, because obviously people were coming at him. But am I the asshole? Am I the asshole? This is... This, so, 
it kind of makes sense. He's 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 kind of the asshole. Let's be clear. Like the way he talks about her in the first in the first thing. Oh yeah. It's like, dude, she is your wife. So right. you could have more like a discussion or a relationship with her about cooking. Like he says he doesn't want to teach her to cook, but he says he's he has to throw her he has to throw her food in the trash and then recook. Like mm-hmm. in the recooking, could you not teach her? I mean, you're, right. See, I get it. He's like the chef guy, and chefs are a little bit like doctors. You can't tell them something. Right. You know what I mean? It's like they they I absolutely they know do what you their mean. they're doing their thing. It does it, it happens in their way. It happens on their schedule and they don't want to they don't they don't want you to tell them stuff because if you talk to them while they're doing their thing, you mess them up because they're artists. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, now, yeah. now so so if we sidebar to my own personal experience. Like I just came off of a golf trip where I essentially cooked an entire meal for 16 people Mm. so i have a very good sense of how to time food out like what goes where here goes this meat comes out things rest things go in the oven like and then everything sort of once the meat's done resting everything comes out it's hot and now we eat right and i have Mm -hmm. this timing like it's hard this timing like in my body it's not like i can't tell you it's going to happen in like eight minutes you know what i mean you're you're just sort of moving through it and that's what makes me not. It's what, it's what limits me in right. the kitchen. Like I have to have a plan. Yeah. So I have this, but it's all like internal monologue. So yeah. number one, my internal monologue is very loud, which <laughs> means I can't hear you when you talk to me. Sometimes, like I'll be moving from thing to thing, and if I and then I'll hear like two sentences in, <laughs> two sentences into it, I'll be like, oh shit, I think someone's talking to me, and then I'll go, excuse me, what? It's like, did you not hear me? It's like, no. I've got to focus. Yes, I'm focused. I got I got a thing happening. So if you just leave me alone, you know, things will get out onto the table hot and everything will be ready to go. Everything will be ready to rock and you won't have to worry about it. So if you just do the, the simple things that I ask you to do, I can handle the rest of it. And I don't want to be mean about it, but. I'm in a zone, which is different, I think, than sure. an evening cooking just for me and my wife. So my experience with this is that I live with two people who I would consider ear blind when they're focused. Mm. Like quite literally, I will have to physically tap them even if there's no headphones involved to get the attention. Right. Like they're focused on something, the ears are just shut, which I cannot personally relate to, which makes it very frustrating for me. On both ends, because it's frustrating to feel like you're like, hey, (laughs) but it's also like when because I'm concentrating and still can hear you and am compelled to respond, Mm -hmm. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm concentrating. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I struggle both directions with this. And that's what I was getting at with my, well, my experience with the Thanksgiving help was more just, just. I appreciate you're trying to help, but I can't watch you load the dishwasher like that. <laughs> Just get out of my kitchen. Right. Right. I think we've had this discussion, but I, I load the, I've loaded this dishwasher 98% of the time over the last 20 years we've been like living, like over the last 16, 17 years we've been living in this house. I know how to fit every dish we own into this dishwasher mm-hmm. and in a way that they'll get clean. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's like, 
I think the one the one ongoing thing that drives me crazy is any sort of colander, like metal colander, like as the last thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Put that underneath <laughs> something else. Like it cannot get clean if it's the last. Right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I, the, so back to the question okay. at hand. Is this guy the asshole? And I think it's tough because the tone, like you mentioned, is so um, so paternalistic that it's hard to take it seriously because he's it's like the way I would write a post about my child who was trying to cook me dinner. His tone, his also, tone is a is a real turnoff. And here's the thing: his wife just wants to cook him some food because she knows he works a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, she's trying. Yeah, I mean, she's trying to do something nice, right? Because you don't want to come home from your profession and do your profession. No. Now, granted, she needs to like she needs to tighten up some of her habits. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get that. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a clean as you cook kind of guy, so that when the meal is ready to eat, like there are yeah. no dishes, like none. Yeah. Like that's yeah. I don't. I don't always get all the way there. I do it when it's a big effort. Mm-hmm. Like Thanksgiving, I made sure that there was no massive cleanup. Like it was cleaning as I was cooking for yeah. sure. Um, they. I mean, this woman can't make pasta, she's, right? She's, like this isn't. He needs to bridge the gap yes, here. Yes. Like he. He should. He. He needs to recognize that. Clearly, she did not grow up with the life skills required to cook herself food for the two of you to eat. Right. Unfortunately for you, that's who you married. So you can either continue to complain about it or you can do something about it. Or you can just order in. (laughs) And then just make out with your wife. Because that's (laughs) whatever you want to do. Whatever, whatever, whatever else you'd like to like do with your wife. Obviously the cooking thing's not working. But to say to say just make food for yourself. I don't want any of it is such a kick in the gut to anybody who's trying to do something nice for you. Yeah. It doesn't get my force for that. It's really awful. I, if, if she was, I can't imagine how awful she would feel if he said that to her. Like if if someone said that to me, it's like, never do this for me again. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, Oh, Okay. Yeah, you know, it would be it would be heartbreaking. I would uh, especially, you know, if you're if you've got if you've got, you know, if you got really good intentions. This is why I hate Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> how's, that, how's that for a transition? Um <clears throat> because I am extremely bad at like faking enthusiasm. <laughs> I can't do it. So like if you give me something that I don't want, I, I really I think I've said this before on the show. I have a really hard time like and I want to. I want you to feel I don't even if I don't like it, I want you to feel good about the gift. But right. I just, I don't know how to like make the thing so that you <laughs> believe it. I, you can't buy me nothing. My wife knows this. My wife knows this all. She's poor woman. Like she's been trying to buy me like gifts forever. And I yep. just, I mean, God love her. But, you know, I usually just get stuff I want on my own. <laughs> then I have it. And I'm like, and then sometimes she'll say, she'll say, "Oh God, you should have not. You shouldn't have bought that. You should have saved that for your birthday." I'd be like, "My birthday is like three months away." Right, right. Like, I want it now. It's like I saw it, I liked it, and so I bought it. Yeah, I uh, there's some. That's why I keep a list, and I try to keep a list of things that I genuinely will not purchase. Right. Yeah, I don't. I can't do like lists. buy me. Here, here's some sunglasses that I'll never buy, but I think are cool. Yeah, I'll be excited to get them. Okay, and then they won't get worn. <laughs> but I will have them and I will appreciate that. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Reasonable things. Accessible. I get it. I get it. It's still, it's right, still so tough for the people in my life. but That this, guy's the asshole. This guy's definitely the asshole. And we're trying our best not to be. I, I try my best not to be. I really try. It's hard. Because... <laughs> It sometimes is. You know, I don't know. I try to get to the intention of it all, right? It's like, yeah. you know, obviously her, I feel like her intentions were good. And, you know, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't get beat up for having good intentions, especially if you're a husband and wife. I mean, if your spouse comes to you with good intentions, but like the execution's bad or the execution's off, then you can, you can live. I can live with that. Yeah, that's a conversation I have with my wife every once in a while. You think I'm trying to piss you off? Why would I do that? <laughs> no, I don't do that. See it's... what's happening right now? This is fun. <laughs> but yes, it's like my intentions are good. My my execution's bad. Yeah. You should you should grade me high on the on the intention and then, you know, hey, good 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 effort, buddy. But I'm not trying to piss you. I'm no. not trying to be a dumbass. Right. I'm not trying to run afoul of the system here. <laughs> right. I know. Exactly. Yeah, my father and I had a moment, which was, was funny. We were sitting on the couch, and Violet made a crack mm-hmm. about mom, and it didn't, it didn't go over very well. <laughs> it's pretty mild. Yeah. But uh, he and I, and I turned to her, and my father-in-law sitting on the other side around the couch, and I'm like, honey, sometimes it's okay to make a joke. And some, or said some days it's okay to make jokes and some days it's not. And we never know when those days are. <laughs> so you just have to try. And she goes, well, you make jokes every day. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> right. But I don't know when the days are that it's not okay. Right. My father-in-law was very much like nodding along. He's, like, He's right. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> got to pick your shots, man. You got to pick your shots. Got to do it. All right, let's go to segment three. All right, in segment three, this is a natural argument that you and I have had many times on this show. I am mm-hmm. um, not what I would call a pessimist. I would say that I am a realist, uh, and I like to say that things are bad. Now, that's objectively false, as you and I have discussed before. And so to get at that, to, we want to look, I want to I look on the positive side here, and I, and I like to be wrong. I mean, I don't like to be wrong, but I like to be shown that I'm wrong with, you know, incontrovertible data. Yeah, yeah. In, so a, in, in, a, in a world of big data, yes, you know sometimes we can we can challenge our own perceptions using the power of big data. Yes, you should. It's not the end all be all, but it right. is a point of reference mm-hmm. for us to make some conclusions. So I pulled some stuff from Roman Sheth here, Romain, sorry, Romain Sheth, uh, who posted ten charts on why it's never been better to be alive and what it means going forward. Because he does talks about the fact that the the world has never been more peaceful, prosperous, and healthy. But if you read the if you read the news or watch the news, you'd think the apocalypse just happened. Now, sure. there's a lot of reasons for that, but we know what those are, and we can let them lie for the moment. Yeah. So he starts with life expectancy, right? Like life expectancy has risen to the highest level in basically every country in the world ever in the history. Mm-hmm. It dipped now in the U.S. <laughs> over the last nine years. Uh, but but it's still, again, outside of that, the highest point it's ever been. That suggests a world that's significantly less dangerous. Yeah. And yet, people don't seem to feel that way. Right. Life they feel e- more threatened and scared than ever. Mm-hmm. The life expectancy number has a lot to do with infant mortality as well. 
because that's a big that's a big that was always a big that pulls really hard on the on the average right when you right. have when you have high infant mortality so you'll see a lot of these developing nations really like really like get on a really high like get on a really sharp curve right because they had they previously had higher infant infant mortality rates and now they're living longer the i mean you see like in this in this particular in this particular graph japan being the highest uh-huh. which is actually a little bit hard on japan <laughs> right <laughs> like there's there are pluses and minuses to all this stuff right it's like exactly you have aging population but you have you know a population that hasn't produced a ton of kids and now and now you know all these people who are in their 80s who were you know born during like around world war ii in the middle of the last century where they didn't really have population like everybody had like three or four kids and uh-huh. now nobody like everybody in japan has one kid uh-huh. <laughs> like it because it's, it's hard like south korea is in the same boat again they're on the high they're on the they're on the high side of this on this graph and and but in the plus and minus like like you and i we're we'll probably do fine our kids will probably live to be are likely to live to be a hundred like and given then, these see, then my concern is that and then this graph falls off a fucking cliff <laughs> like one more generation <laughs> from now and that's and I, that's just living on planet earth man like you don't you can't predict all you can't yes. predict everything but in the current stretch you know in the current stretch that we're living in you know things have gotten better people have generally gotten healthier we've had a a, a, a sharp decrease in infant mortality and people who are living with certain disabilities are able to live fuller, longer, and fuller and productive lives. So, you know, that's a good thing. For sure. The next one, and that's a, a good segue into child mortality, which is the, the next one that it's, it's uh, child mortality uh, is the lowest it's ever been. Um, if you were born 200 years ago, there was roughly a 40% chance of dying by your fifth birthday. <laughs> 40% chance. Yes. Yeah. Can you coin, imagine? Uh, nearly a coin flip if you were born in the 1700s. In eight, yeah. In 18, if you were born in 1870. Yeah. If you were born in 1800, 40% chance you don't live five years. Crazy. And that has a lot to do with, honestly, like shelter and yeah. like being able to you know, build something and, yeah. and, and heat and power and, and the sure. kinds of things you need to stay alive. Like if you were like early rural people, like if mm. you cut your leg and it got infected, you died. <laughs> right? Oregon trail generation. Baby. Right. right. You have died of dysentery. You have died of dysentery. I mean, the world was definitely out to kill you. It's out to kill us now. But like back in those days, yeah. like kids get up, like you get whooping cough or like scarlet fever. You died. Measles died. Is right. it? You're done. It's over. I don't know. He's got a fever. Lay him down and pack him in ice and hope it works. Right. Stick some leeches on him. I don't know. He died. I mean, it's yeah. terrible. But yeah. But nowadays we, we fix everybody, which is great. All right. Next we have literacy. The ability to read used to be reserved for kings and queens. Within America's lifetime, worldwide literacy have uh, rates have nearly been flipped. In 1800, 85% of the world was illiterate. As of 2020, 85% of the world is literate. Which is great. Fewer and fewer Americans, though. <laughs> they can read, but it, this is not a this is not a, this is not a measure of reading comprehension. <laughs> That's right, right? Or or critical thinking. It's just I can read words. 
I don't separate uh, the ability to decode the language on the page from the ability to understand what you're reading. No, I don't feel if you can pronounce it, I don't feel like that means you can read. I'm sorry. No, no that literacy means I when I go down the road and I see signs, I can I know what the stores are. I, I have higher standards. <laughs> <laughs> now literacy is I can read. I that's it. It's, it has nothing to do with the deeper the deeper meanings around like literature or words or ideas, but it's, I mean, it's great. I mean, I think that especially in developing nations, I mean, this is the road to, you know, the, this is the road to, uh, for developing nations to, to, you know, come into some prosperity, which is, uh, well, yeah, and that's what starts, makes it starts now, right. For a lot of countries. And that's what makes this all seem so cognitively dissonant is that for us, we are in a, an empire in decline. If you were in like sub-Saharan Africa, for instance, your life has probably never been better. Right. Yeah. Or you can see, at least you can see like it improving. It's like my children can now read. Yeah. Colonialism is a motherfucker. It literally fucked the world for hundreds of years. (laughs) Right. Right. But, you know, at some point, at some point, you know, like if colonialism forces literacy onto third world countries, and but they only make them read their own literature, like, like England goes to your your country and like colonizes you and then right. teaches your kids to read but only lets them read english stuff right <laughs> then then it's a bad thing but as what happens is eventually you know those people in those countries who've learned to read and write are now reading and write writing their own ideas and passing those ideas on to their fellow people so that now they're spreading their own philosophies and their own ideas it takes a little time yeah but but eventually it, it, it helps them. I mean, that's the that's the thing. It's like we're on a weird timeline. Like people would be like, uh, whatever is happening over there. We don't care because we're Americans. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is you know, this is a major this is a major deal for a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of countries. And, you know, there's a lot of arguments to be made that, you know, a lot of the things that we do, especially, you know, around technology are actually stunting you know, a lot of third world countries or developing nations, they're the, the the industrial revolution that we got a chance to benefit from. Right, right, right. And become prosperous from like, we're not, we're not allowing that to happen in a lot of other countries. Right. Yeah. No, the the industrial revolution fueled by coal. Yeah. Because we're like, Oh no, we can't do that anymore. But they're like, but yeah, but you got to do it for 300 years. Right. You got to use coal and fossil fuels for like, yeah, for hundreds of years to, to well, not 300 years, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but yeah, I do. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like we burned wood, then we burned dung and now we burn coal and coal's way better than that. Yeah. And then, and then we're like, no, no, you can't use fossil fuels anymore. Cause we, cause it wrecks the, it wrecked our environment or whatever. <laughs> it's like, we already blew everything up. You, you, right. Sorry. Sorry. So you can't have that now. So which no. is, which is unfair to those, those, uh, those countries who could in fact have an industrial revolution and, and, and be prosperous and, and see some of these lines that we have, like rising literacy rates and light rising, you know, lifespans. I mean, this is, this is just typical, it's typical. Uh, we got ours. Sorry, you can't have yours. Oh, all right. Well, I had the uh, the, the childhood literacy thing, and actually all of this, the, the colonialism and the imperialism talk, led me to an interesting place this evening. Uh, I was putting my younger daughter to bed. She asked me, she said, why do we celebrate Christmas? And as you know, this is a secular household. I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the details. I'm not a very religious person. 
Sure. All right. I, I don't see a lot of evidence that it's making me feel like. <laughs> it's stories. Um, it's the most popular. It's one of the most popular books in the history of the world. Whatever. It's, it's fucking stories. Aesop's fables as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's stories. Right? Anyway. It's a book of stories. It's yeah. Totally fine. Anyway. anyway. Yes. Anyway. She asked me and I said, well, it depends on who you ask. Because I don't know how to a- I don't know how to answer questions like for a child either. I just mm-hmm. like, well, you ask a question, I'm going to give you the answer. And she's like, well... What do you mean? And I'm like, it's that's a complicated question. And she's like, well, can I ask Santa? And I'm like, well, which one? <laughs> I didn't say that exactly, but I was just like, let's well, drop, that's interesting. Let's drop because... this shit on the small Santa. Santa. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you should ask him. Why do we celebrate why, Christmas? Yeah, why do we ask? And him? I'm like, none of that Jesus stuff, Santa. <laughs> and every time he starts to talk about Jesus, just stare daggers at him, like, and like, like shake well, your head. I actually started to talk about it. I was like, well, there was a lot of people who was like who believed in uh, in Jesus and wants to want to celebrate the, the birth of what they consider the savior. Um, and then I had to explain uh, sort of, uh, uh, I don't even know the right word for it. I guess just whatever the word is for when you go conquer people and make them practice your religion, <laughs> whatever that's called. We, we, and we, yeah, we. We, uh, I guess it's called going on a mission or a, a crusade. crusade. <laughs> anyway, um, I was explaining that there was a bunch of people who believed in Jesus, and then, then they showed up, and these other people were like, "We're just having a winter festival. Can you get the hell out of here?" Right. And they're like, "No, no, no. You have to. You have to do this now because we're telling you that this is God. Right. So you have to get on board, or you have to die." <laughs> so then they were like, "Well, let's make it a little easier. What if we celebrate our birth of Christ at the same time they're doing the winter festival, and it just kind of." Mm-hmm melds together and then we'll and slap then, and then we'll slap easter on top of your spring because then of she your... said that she's like well i thought easter is when jesus was born i was like no no no, that's uh when he died and she's like what and i'm like well actually three days after I was like, <laughs> and, and they slapped it on the on the spring festival same thing right same deal and she's yeah. like wait i don't understand i was like oh sorry let me explain in the past in actually the very recent past we didn't really know what other people were doing like you would just imagine if we lived here and we sort of knew our neighbors and the people we went to school with, but like nothing else about what was happening around the world. Right. That's what it was like for most of human history. So people <laughs> showed up, they just had weapons and they were like, you do what we say. If they right. had enough people and enough weapons, yeah. you didn't have a choice. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's winter solstice. We used to decorate the trees. It was a beautiful thing. It was snow. And, uh, and then these people told us that it's because it's like, some magic. What's this baby? What's this magic baby? <laughs> we have an elf. He brings us shit. This is way better. Why don't you? What the magic baby? <laughs> right, magic baby. And you're I'm... saying the blood of the blood of the baby protects you? What? What? How does that work? But exactly. this water stands in for the blood. I'm so confused. Right. Exactly. We're just trying to roast a pig. Can you get the fuck out of here? <laughs> right. just, we're just trying to eat. I, I I made something for my my wife, and, and, and she's not gonna like it. She's not gonna appreciate it. So can you just leave the magic baby out of it? <laughs> she's not gonna appreciate this. <laughs> do we have to do we have to layer on all this religious like guilt and stuff like on top of the the present that my wife would appreciate that I gave her? Yeah, just saying. Well, at least people. So the world is getting better because no one shows up at your door with swords to make you worship their god anymore. Right, sort of, sort, <laughs> sort of, maybe still, but, kind of. but you know, but the, again, there's a, there's, I mean, we certainly, I mean, there's not, we, we're not involved, we're not embroiled in like, like, like a bloody, bloody, super bloody world war where like hundreds of thousand people die all like every month. 
There's an excellent book called um, Better Angels of Our Nature by Steven Pinker uh, about the history of violence. The Jeffrey Epstein enthusiast. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to separate the artist from the art here. <laughs> But because I think it's an actually it's a it's a it's an interesting piece of uh, it's an interesting book uh, and just talks about like our transition from being primitive to being more modern and how essentially things just get better. Just like these just like these graphs tell you a lot of that. A lot of this stuff comes from may probably comes from the same sources. So didn't Stephen also wasn't he briefly involved with all cancel culture university last month? Was he? I he was, yeah, I think he was. I think he was doing yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I don't know. Bill, he bailed. Bill Gates likes his book. Like he put his he put this he put this book on his list some years ago. Sure. No, I get it. It's very much like this. It's like if you take it in aggregate, that things are are, are better than they used to be. And yeah. that, that's I was trying to be, I was trying to be optimistic, and I can't help myself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't blame you. But you know, if we're gonna start canceling people for for flying with Jeff Epstein, man, that's this is gonna get be a, this is gonna have to be a long list. <laughs> It's all, all I know is that I'm not out. on it. Neither am and I. That, so look, man, if I, I, I'll be honest with you, I have a, here's my policy on that. If your name comes up in conversation uh-huh. and I'm aware that you flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> I'm just going to say what that you were, you were on, that, what were you doing on that plane? Yeah. Pervert? I'm just going to bring it up. Perv. Giant perv. It goes along with my um, policy over the last few years. When someone does something like racist, I just say, that's, that's, that's racist. <laughs> It really works. Just say, wow, that's fucking racist. It really changes the tone in a hurry. All right. <laughs> which, that's it for a regular segment. Which is, part, which, is, which is a whole different conversation in terms of like why Ty doesn't get invi- invited to barbecues anymore. Don't be a racist. <laughs> we can hang out. <laughs> you know what part of the show this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Are just plain stupid. Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. It's the stupidest things ever said. Huh? What? Here's an ad in a Los Angeles store window. One day Black Friday sale. Price is good Friday through Monday. <laughs> it's if the if you never close the store that whole that whole time. It's the magic minute in Congress. <laughs> Still, it's still yesterday because we haven't finished talking. Uh huh. Yeah. Get out of here. Same deal. Label inside a knockoff Lacoste shirt. Lacoste XL, made in French. <laughs> Listen, on Henri gave us the the greatest shirt in the history of mankind. So let's uh let's show some respect for the crocodile. Crocodile. Um. Going to work. Oh, sorry. There's a statement on an insurance claim form. Going to work at 7 a.m. this morning. I drove out of my driveway straight into a bus. The bus was five minutes early. <laughs> I don't look. I'm used to the pattern. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> the bus was early. And so it, and I hit it. I, I, that's fair. It's not unreasonable. <laughs> not my fault. Bus was early. Yeah. Stupid bus. The bus is never there. Right. Every day, the bus is never there. Today, five minutes early, hits me. Here's a headline from the South Wales Argus in the UK. House fire in Carrefilly is believed to have been caused by items catching fire. Nice. Nice. Also, items made wet by fire hose spouting water. They are. <laughs> That's the follow-up article the next day. 
All right, here we have a customer service call mm. from Thanksgiving. Customer, I pay for 24-7, 365-day contract and you're closed just because it's Thanksgiving. Company phone support. Actually, we're not closed. You and I are talking on the phone right now. I think I should get a credit or something free because you're not open. But we are open. <laughs> well, I've wasted my time calling if you're open because you're supposed to be closed. How are you going to compensate me? <laughs> okay. So you're calling on a day that you think we're closed to complain that we're closed in an attempt to get something for free. But when you realize that we're open, the exact thing that you wanted... You want to complain and get something for free because you wasted your time calling to complain about something that didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now you're following along. What can I get for you, sir? What what free thing can I do for you? This customer support rep is... I, I, I vibe with this person. <laughs> this is, so let me get this straight. Let me, let me, let me, so what I hear you saying is... Yeah. <laughs> let me read this back to you. <laughs> and finally... Speaking of the Seahawks from earlier, you don't become a bad team overnight. You have to wait for the opportunity. <laughs> That's soccer coach Chris Hewton. Yeah, well, he's right. That's it doesn't a, happen overnight. You have to <laughs> fuck up multiple times over many years. <laughs> you have to want it. You have to really want to be as sucky as we are. It's I, the only way to be. It's the only way to be this sucky. I don't want to. People are our listeners don't care about the Seahawks, but if you have a football team or a they, team or a team in general, any kind of team, mm-hmm. and you have a superstar mm-hmm. who's not playing very well, and you have a coach who's getting a little long in the tooth, who maybe has shown you over the course of his career that he's not great at real time adaptation, <laughs> game planning, maybe yeah. that he thinks that he just can roll his system out and, and out athletic and out and just beat you. We all know this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The only coaching philosophy worth a damn is adaptation. What do we do well? What do you do well? How can I stop you? How can I stop? How can I stop? How can I stop? Now I'm Sean Connery. (laughs) How can I stop you from doing what you want to do? Um, How can I stop you from doing what you want to do while trying to do what we're best at? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you think it, if there's there's nothing else, that's it. And the bottom line is that you, 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 there's a legitimate debate going on. Or not, it's a legitimate debate. There's a, there is a debate going on in the Seahawks fan base whether or not to move on from the coach or the quarterback. And coaches are not irreplaceable. Game talent may well be, especially at the quarterback position. And you're absolutely right, Joe. Thank but, you. I said quarterback position for you. But what I, But what I also know is that Pete Carroll is way entrenched. He's got a bunch of money left on his contract and he ain't going nowhere for the next three years. So this is what we're getting. We, this is no, so now it's time. Now it's time to check out. It's time to check out the, for a little bit. It's time to root for another team for a little bit uh, until things change around here. This is the, if Paul doesn't die out, this is the, this is the Paul Allen dies outcome. Because mm-hmm. if he does, if Paul Allen is alive, Pete doesn't never gets that extension. No, no, he's not giving that money. That is absolutely that was a continuity contract. Yeah, yeah. It's like we had there were too many. There were just too many plates spinning, and they just needed to just square something away just to get to the next thing. And now this is the next thing. Congratulations. <laughs> While we're here, I want to say that I I'm very tired of the American. Maybe it's not just American. The, we try to teach our children oh, gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just go to the overtime. We'll talk about this. 
All right, we try to teach our children gratitude. And that's about saying, because you can't be happy with what you have, right? Make, make the best of what you're given. Mm-hmm. And that's an important value to learn, but not when it comes to your entertainment products. <laughs> and I'm very, very frustrated by this idea that there's this whole, well, without Pete, we never win a Super Bowl or blah, blah, blah. And you, and you should, should like, be grateful. Yeah. You should be grateful. That was eight years ago. Fuck you. <laughs> it's not fun to watch anymore. I don't care. Exactly. Uh, yes, I'm glad that happened. It, right. it, it it made me feel... Actually, it put me in this position to be able to be like this. Because mm-hmm. I don't live my life now going... I have no idea what it's like to win a title. But yes, entertainment products are meant to entertain you. And when they're stopped... And then stop being entertaining, then they're of no value. You should be grateful. It could be worse. <laughs> oh, yes, it can always be worse. Right. And 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 my attention will just drift on to something else. It's okay. And then if you if you want my attention back, you'll do something else. You'll you'll get good or do something right. smart. Yes. And that's enough of this because I want to spend some time on November. Oh my god. Who knew? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's usually it's not me. I'm the one who didn't know. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. 46% of Americans think using this is acceptable at work. What is it? Uh, fingernail clippers. Mm, yuck. Slang. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kept a little one on my desk for a corner, like, oh, like I, a little yeah, bit I mean, like a head, like, but not, but there've been people in my, no, I've, I don't like do the thing. I've seen people like full on clip their nails at work. Well, full disclosure. So I would take the clipper sometimes out to the, like the, outside okay but like at your desk yeah no don't do that no No. you're the airplane i'm gonna assault you (laughs) clipping your nails on the airplane a survey says 79 percent of americans experience this when daylight savings time ends um when it ends Mm -hmm. depression (laughs) similar this is adjacent increased nighttime food cravings oh yeah well, I have that all the time anyway, so that's, I'm 100% of the time I have nighttime food cravings. It's a problem. <laughs> a new survey finds 60% of employees express frustration over this at work. Uh, salary. New software. New software. I think it's 90% of employees express frustration <laughs> over their salary. <laughs> it's 100%. It's like it's 100% of people who get new software have have experienced frustration with new software. If you don't get new software, you have 0% frustration. with. Sometimes we get new software and it's better. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. More Actually, more now than ever before. Yeah. Because now people are actually solving the problems. They're not just pumping out some product that's trying to do everything for everybody. Yeah. All right. 65% of Americans say they have tried this type of food in the past year. What is it? Indian food. Plant-based meat. Listen, you know, scientists are in a lab trying to figure out how to turn plants into meat. Cows have been doing this since forever. They're also stinking it up out there, and it's a problem. <laughs> I'm telling you. Let the cows do what they're good at, and let scientists do what they're good at. This is what I'm saying. We've talked about the plant-based diet. <laughs> I can only get so far. No, I don't want any, I, I don't want any of your plant-based meat. It's, it's always going to be like the when I wear a, a helmet on a, on, a, on a bicycle. I know it's the right thing to do, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> because I grew up. Sure. No helmet. Oh, we all did. And that's the natural state for my <laughs> dumb ass. 
I want the I want the freedom to give myself a crushing head injury. Right. Exactly. I would give myself a hematoma. A new survey finds 69% of full-time remote employees added this to their week. What is it? Um, 69 added uh, um, a walk. A second job. <laughs> side hustle, huh? Mm-hmm. I got a side hustle. <laughs> Local government is my side okay, hustle I was now. Say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a new survey finds one in six Americans have never done this. One in six Americans have never done the hokey pokey. (laughs) Left their home state. One in six people? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Have never left their home state? Mm -hmm. That's shocking. No, it's not. It is. No, it's shocking to me. (laughs) I I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know why you wouldn't, but whatever. Okay. That's crazy. Means? I don't know. One in six? I mean, like what? Like you never had a, I don't know. All right, a lot of poor people in this country. There are, there are, and I, but I understand that. And but, all right, get out of your state, people. Like we got to move. We're never going to finish these. All right, all right. Eighty-four percent of Americans say they want their children to do this. What is it? Play the piano. Travel and see more of the world. (laughs) (laughs) How eighty percent of the people want to go out of the state? Want their kids to go out of the state? But only one in six. And one in six consistent. Yeah, because one in six is like what fifteen percent, right? Right. That's the fifteen percent that aren't leaving. Right. Yeah. Because their parents didn't encourage them. Well, there you go. It's it's almost the line. The the numbers are almost identical. Almost one in six is like sixteen point six 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 percent, and eighty four percent of them. It's these 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 it's a venn diagram they it's a correlation touch. it's correlated yeah. it's a correlation 52 percent of parents say they teach their kids about the world using this the um the the world book encyclopedia the encyclopedia britannica <laughs> tv and movies tv of course um, how many percent 52 oh that's more that's a low that number's low <laughs> I don't know, man. I was reading this like when people. I was reading this article about people being confidently wrong, uh-huh. and this woman was talking about how she was a professor of Greek mythology, and this guy was arguing that Zeus only had one son, which is because it was it was her, it's obviously Hercules, and obviously. his source was the Disney movie. <laughs> he was saying like, well, in this movie, <laughs> so hmm. I don't know. It's a bad hmm. scene. A new survey finds 30% of Americans see this as an investment opportunity. What is it? Bitcoin. Collector cars. NFTs. Collector cars. Yeah. How know. many percent was that? 30. Ooh. All right. Whatever. I don't think it's an investment it's the opportunity. Peop- it's the people who are watching the Meacham, the, the Meacham auto uh, auctions. on. Uh, if you're the kind of, I just can't believe 30% of Americans think that that's an investment opportunity. Yeah. It's not not available to you. <laughs> a new survey finds fifty seven percent of Americans with an interest in collecting art are influenced to purchase it by this. Hmm. By um. By going to museums. Social media. Fifty seven percent of consumers surveyed said they plan to give this as a gift this holiday season. What is it? Fifty seven percent want to give. Something, mm-hmm. they're giving. They're giving. Uh, they're giving money, gift cards. Yeah, gift cards. Yeah. 
A new survey found 52% of Americans identify this as their least favorite part of the holidays. The crushing depression. Wrapping gifts. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> I'm terrible at wrapping gifts, man. I just, give me the gift. The greatest thing that was ever invented was gift bag and tissue, man. Just like, give me the gift bag and then let me jam some tissue in the top. What's of it. hard about wrapping a gift? Ah, it just takes time. And like, if you want to do it right, you have to make it look nice. And I just don't. I'm, you just need a table. It's folding and there's. You fold- need to stand to do it properly. There's folding and then there's taping and I don't want to do it. Minimum tape. <laughs> I'm a master. Well, that's good. 71% of retailers surveyed said holiday shoppers should expect to see fewer of these. What is it? Uh, employees working to check you out of the store. <laughs> Just shit in the store. Right, no, shit. it's Black Friday deals is the answer. <laughs> Cashiers. 10% of Americans surveyed said this is their favorite food item on Thanksgiving. What is it? Only 10%? 10%. Oh, the, the, the cranberry. No, it's just casseroles in general. Casseroles in general. I, we had a ex, I made a excellent broccoli casserole that was nice. A, a proper casserole is, it's it's Scotty Pippen. <laughs> it's a you per- don't win any championships without Scotty. Right. It's, it is a, it's the role player. It is the perfect role player. Casserole. Somebody it's blows a, up the turkey. Yeah. You got a good casserole. Your dinner is not necessarily completely destroyed. Right. You can that that gooey that gooey saucy casserole can make up for a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes you've made with your protein. Yeah. Fifty one percent of American consumers see this as a food trend here to stay. What is it? Uh, Asian food. Plant based foods. <laughs> God damn it! Plant <laughs> plant based foods. Let I'm the cows sure. let the cows make it. <laughs> They're making farts. A new survey found 34% of Americans... You're making farts. ...do this as a Thanksgiving Day tradition. They have a football game. Special Thanksgiving meal for pets. What? Did you have a special Thanksgiving meal for your pet? Yeah, he got some of it. (laughs) You didn't make him like a dog food, like a turkey-shaped, a dog food turkey-shaped thing. He gets a special meal on his birthday. Oh, yeah. What does he get on his birthday? Sometimes steak, sometimes hamburger. Oh, nice. Different stuff. Yeah. Nearly half of Americans surveyed said they plan to do this during the holiday shopping season. What is it? Use a coupons. Buy local. Buy local. Oh, that's good. I buy, 30... I buy local because Amazon is in our town. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. It's like I was an early adopter because I was like, yeah, local company. I'm support them. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I helped ruin the world. <laughs> 30% of shoppers surveyed said they plan to hunt for deals on this during Black Friday. The internet? Uh, it means the product. What's that? The oh. deals on this being the thing that they're oh, searching deal for. On. Oh, a deal yeah, yeah. on. No, that your, on, your answer would, on, I think that's, a, hopefully it's 100%. On iPhones. Uh, kitchen appliances. Kitchen appliances. Do you need anything? Do you need a kitchen appliance? I think I'm all square out of kitchen appliances. I need a new stove, a new range. That's hardly like a gift, though. No. Seems like it, that seems like more of a home investment <laughs> my wife um i uh i just I, again on the list um i our barbecue crapped out this summer completely useless i'd get rid of it i just wanted two burner grill something small mm-hmm. and so i put the two burner grill that i wanted on my list and then she was asking me about something else on the list that was also you know barbecue's not cheap even if it's small sure and so she was like well do you want this more or that more and 
in such a way that I was like, well, you clearly already bought the barbecue. <laughs> and, and then she shows up or it shows up with uh, the guy. He brings it up. And he's like, this is heavy. Do you sure you want me to leave it up here? Or do you want me to put it down, you know, the backyard or whatever? And we're like, no, we'll take it, take it. Uh, and then as I'm coming to the door, he's like, it's a barbecue. And she's like, well, and I'm like, it's not like I didn't know. It <laughs> <laughs> hasn't ruined the surprise of yeah. the barbecue. You asked me if the one thing I wanted was more important than the barbecue, which clearly meant that you'd already bought it. Right. That's fine. I it, was just, it was a funny moment. <laughs> you can't keep a secret from me. 37% of Americans surveyed said they plan to improve this in 2022. Their, their cardiovascular health. Their savings account. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> a little bit. You should try it. You should endeavor to improve both. You know, I shouldn't say that my wife can't keep a secret from me because you were part of the secret that she successfully kept from me for weeks. Oh, the surprise birthday party? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. But when it comes to, like, we're buying gifts for each other, they're being yeah. shipped to the house that we're both in all the time. <laughs> that's a, that's too difficult. Unless not like, unless you're, like, friends with the neighbor, you can ship it to the neighbor. I mean, these no. are that's, that's too difficult. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't exactly. need to be surprised on Christmas. It's fine. Yeah. All right, well, that's our show. And our thanks to all of you for listening to the 2 on 3 pod where we endlessly pursue life's ideal recipe. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week for more pop culture life strategies and existentialism. But until then, peace! Peace!